Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Neil World Order podcast. We um, actually just wrapped up Volume 1 of the Neil World Order Bourbon Sessions. Uh, That is up and streaming. Uh, After you listen to this, maybe go give her a listen. Let us know what you think. Uh, Cut us some slack. It was our first uh, go-round with the uh, Whiskey Podcast. Uh, We'll continue doing that. Uh, Hopefully, uh, it's as popular as this and just, you know, couple got four guys sitting around drinking talking about life and whiskey and sampling different bourbons and giving you our uh, non-expertise insight which is kind of what I've been doing here for years with life anyways but uh March is here it's crazy right two weeks till spring right from today um you know fortunately for me uh once by before spring, I'll be in Alabama soaking up some of the sun and getting a little beach therapy. Um, we all know how your boy loves the ocean. I can't wait to start my day uh, with a walk with my feet in the ocean, soaking it in. Hopefully the weather is great. It's sunny and warm while we're there. Um, you know, and I, I know I've spoke on this, I think, countless times throughout the years. How I, how I just find the ocean, the beach, uh, very recharging. It's uh, peaceful. You know, it's just like one of those places, I think, where you can become grounded and just recharging your battery, like from the mundane aspects of life and just, you know, everything, you know, sometimes everything just becomes a cycle where it's go to work, come home, sleep, eat dinner, go to work, you know, and it just rinse, rinse wash, repeat, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's important to take these moments, um, you know, however you choose to do it, finding your thing and getting out there and... Um, recharging a battery i personally would love to live near the ocean uh obviously somewhere in the south not out west um i did i really enjoyed myrtle beach uh south carolina last year and we've talked about uh hopefully checking out charleston uh sometime um like to get in you know see some of the beaches in north carolina like the outer banks speaking of which season three of outer banks is on netflix right now i think we have one episode left we've watched a lot of it this week, I, I think it's a great show. I think it's cool. You know, they kind of have a, a, you know, it, it can be a little campy, I guess, with like one adventure after another and how many things are these kids going to do or get into and find a way out of. But I feel like they have a formula that works. I think there's going to be another season they confirm. So there'll be a season four. Um, but if you haven't watched that, check it out. It's, I think it's usually, it's like 10 episodes. So it's like, you know, 10 one hour episodes for each season. And, you know, great scenery, it's cool, just treasure hunting and drama and kind of the whole thing. But a really good show that I got into a few years back. But, you know, back to beaches. I've been, I've been to all over beaches in Florida, um, and I, I've enjoyed most of it. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the Atlantic side. I, I My personal thing is I find it a bit dodgy uh, for my taste. You know, it's a little... It's just a different element. You know, if you talk about Daytona, Cocoa, they're kind of, eh. You know, it's it's not as, uh, I guess, high maintenance as the Gulf side. The Gulf side is, is amazing of Florida. I love that panhandle area. White sand beaches, you know. And like I said, I guess my privilege definitely prefers the Gulf side. You know, I, I think about somewhere down the road or I just envision this life where each morning starts with a stroll along the ocean, you know, with Kai, the dogs, uh, maybe not the dogs every day, but some days, 
warm weather, leaving behind, you know, this nonsense that you have to have four seasons, especially winter. And, and it's been, it's honestly been proven that people in warmer climates are generally happier, too. Uh, so there's that, you know, and we actually haven't had a bad winter here. I know we had the ice storm last week, and, uh, you know, we had two major snowfalls, um, cold temps a little bit, but, like, I, I wouldn't call this a bad winter. You know, people, like I said, I think everyone's takeaway is going to be this ice storm. But we, we've been pretty fortunate here. Um, you know, I love I love the ocean breeze, perfect sunsets, having a tan all year. I think, you know, I think, oh, get a, get a little place where I sling pizzas at my own little bar and maybe rent jet skis or doing sunset cruises. Personally, it seems like a great second half of life for me. Uh, anyways, obviously, there'd be plenty of whiskey. Uh, finishing up a little bit of uh, the Jefferson Ocean Voyage 28 right now. No ice. I'm drinking neat. Um, but, you know, a guy can dream, right? That's you got to have dreams, goals, you know, aspirations, all that. And I think that that's the tough part, you know. You you can you can do anything. You really can, you know. You you can have anything you want if you're willing to pay for it or you're willing to work for it, you know, or you're willing to make sacrifices to attain the things you want or just, you know, it's all about choices. Choices dictate outcomes. But, um, you know, then sometimes I think about the logistics of moving across the country. You know, my parents did it when I was younger. We went from Michigan to Tennessee, Um <clears throat> You know, and I spent my youth and college years moving all around, honestly. I was a nomad. And I was thinking about that when I was writing this. And I was like, I believe that Wisconsin here is the longest I've ever been in one place. I moved here in December of 2020, or 20, uh, 2002. That was just a tongue twister. I'm not inebriated or anything. So that's, you know, 21 years. And it's it's crazy to look back at that and be like, wow, I've been here 21 years, you know, and obviously time flies. Uh, I say that all the time, but it's, it's, it's true. And, you know, it will always remain true. And yeah, but when we talked about, um, Kai and I, we talked about the possibility of moving or, you know, going somewhere warmer. She really wants to get away from winter. I think she wants to be somewhere close to the beach. She does have that fear of hurricanes and the weather that comes with being in a coastal area, you know, and my biggest thing for me personally was I didn't want to trade the amazing lifestyle I have here just for better weather. And now I'm all about better weather. I think better weather is amazing. Like I said, people in warmer climates tend to be happier and I'm all for being happier. I assure you, but, but you got to be able to enjoy it. You know, if you're working a job you hate to live in a place you love, like you know, what's the trade-off on that? What's the balance on that? And I feel like I'm at a point right now where I have great balance in my life. And I don't hate the weather here. You know, if I was to complain about things in Wisconsin, it would start with probably cost of living, taxes. Like, you know, to put the, uh, just to give you a little insight, the uh, stickers, tags for your cars, 100 bucks a year. You know, and my car is technically classified as a truck. So, yeah, it's 100 bucks, or it's like 85 for a car. You know, I believe when I was in Tennessee, it was like 25 bucks. But, you know, but like I said, I, and I spent a lot of my adult years working demanding jobs. You know, that soaked up a lot of my time, soaked up a lot of my life. And I, I definitely don't want to go to go back to that just to enjoy better weather, you know. And then I look around here 
and there's my house. We have officially completed the renovation of the Southern Comfort Zone. My wife did an amazing job with the carpet uh, Friday and earlier this week. And it is like other than some furniture choices and a few wall hangings, like it, it is complete, everyone. It is done. It is everything I wanted it to be. Uh, you know, I've entertained. We had people over last night. I uh, had Brandon and the guys over for the uh, bourbon sessions tonight. And, and it's it's something I'm proud of. It's something I'm very pleased with. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky to have a partner who helped me every step of the way and oftentimes gave me directions and great ideas when I had none or didn't know what to do next or how to remedy whatever challenge came with that day. So, um, yeah, you know, now that my time down here is done, we went, uh, I guess, I don't know, antiquing. We were looking for some different tables and stuff for the <clears throat> record player and whatnot, you know, maybe some new bar stools or a high table for the bar to kind of, like, we have, like, a sitting area as well. And uh, picked up some cool stuff today, had a nice day hanging out, weather was supposed to be nice ended up getting a little in eh, with some rain but i mean like i said it's still technically winter and it's not snowing uh, i think it's like 34 degrees out right now but um yeah you know i've posted those of you who uh, follow us on social media i've posted pictures so you were able to see at some point i'll probably do like a video walkthrough once everything is cleaned up there's still like i said some still odds and ends but it is it, it, it was a process, and it was a journey, and it was a learning experience, and it's, you know, it's something I'm very happy with. Like, it's it's cool to have, you know, our own little space and a little place to hang out, drink some whiskey, watch some TV, you know, do the podcast. We played some Cards Against Humanity last night, uh, just a little bit of everything. So, you know, I, I'm like I said, I, I'm thrilled i i love it um you know and i guess it's on to the next project here uh, somewhere in the house before long you know and that was the other thing with moving like i love i love my house i don't particularly love exactly where it's at like i live in a good town and stuff like that but like as far as my street my neighbors and you know not having everything i want in a certain area but, you know, and like I said, leaving, you know, thinking that this is done and the idea of all the work and time that went into this and then just up and moving, obviously it helps the value of my home considerably. But, um, you know, hey, if it was, if I could just like load up my house, and I know they do move homes, but, you know, Kai and I talk about this all the time that like how, like the damage that must just do that maybe you don't, you know, that the naked eye doesn't see when you move a home and all that, but if it was just that easy, boom, I'd be all in, you know? But I, I have a hard time believing I'll f have, uh, that I'd find a place I love as much as this home. You know, this was our first house and we've been here 10, almost 10 years. So there's that dilemma, but you know, things work out all in good time. We'll see what happens. And I think another thing is like the whole uncertainty of this country and the economy and the housing market and interest rate, you know, it weighs a lot on this as well, which pretty much, you know, moves the conversation to the back burner because you're like, okay, even if you, you make a ton of money on our house, which we would, 
you know, you're going to lose all that money and in interest and down payment overpaying for the next one, which maybe that's part of the game, but, you know, you don't want to risk being upside down. And it's so much to think about, you know. And I look at it, too, that, you know, if we were, the, like I said, the idea of being upside down. But, you know, although I, I look at if we say we went somewhere like Alabama, and it would be like Florabama, kind of on the line on the coast. It's a red state, and I think if shit ever hits the fan, it's probably better to be there than, you know, Wisconsin, you know, somewhere here in the Midwest, you know. And I, it's crazy I, the way I see it now and then, like, how I was when I was younger when moving all around was so much easier, you know, and and maybe it wasn't easier. Maybe I was just clueless to all the headaches and just blinded by, you know, being naive and young and driven and wanting to be here, wanting to be there, having wild oats to sow or whatever, whatever it was. Oh, I'm tired. It was a late night today. It's been a long day today. I had a little bit of a hangover, I think, today, you know, and a lingering headache that went away. But, <clears throat> you know, even as far as moving, I believe when Scott and I moved to Florida, it was a pretty smooth transition, aside from us not knowing anybody or knowing where anything was. I mean, we had each other, which, you know, Scott and I can pretty much together could get through anything. But, uh, you know, and then I think about when I moved here to Wisconsin, like, it really wasn't a smooth transition. Uh, it was almost something that I instantly regretted and realized was probably a bad idea. And then, you know, life kind of happened, and this is where I've been. And I wouldn't trade any of the hardships for anything because without, you know, and that's where it's neat how life kind of happens. You know, and sometimes when something seems like it's really bad or it's, could be the end of the world and it's not what you thought that it becomes something amazing you know and like I said the first three years here were practically miserable you know but I know without enduring those three years I wouldn't have this life I have today so you know there's the silver lining in that and you know you live you live and you learn and you just you learn from it and you keep moving forward and I always, I always joke that like in my struggles and challenges or whatever in life that I always tried to fail forward you know you never want to fail backwards or step backwards or be like two steps forward one step back whatever one step forward two steps back whatever it is I think it was a Bruce Springsteen song at one point but you know I have this great blessed life with an amazing family you know and here I am sitting down here in my renovated southern comfort zone sharing a glass of Jefferson Ocean with you guys and uh I am grateful. I'm thankful for anyone who's with us tonight. So, moving right along and switching gears, whatever, uh, the NFL Combine started this week. Um, you know, it's kind of like a series of drills where they put draft picks through, you know, future NFL players through a series. It, I, in my opinion, the Combine's stupid. Um, you know, they take the players and they put them through a series of unrealistic drills, and then these guys have kind of their future careers based on how many times they bench press a weight or how high they jump, you know, or these personal interviews, which I guess the interviews make sense. But, like, honestly, other than your 40-yard dash time, I think a lot of it's irrelevant. You know, if you want to know how a player is going to perform in a game, like, you have their whole season and career worth of games they've played in to watch. I mean, those are game-time situations, actual games. You know, you can look at the quality of uh, opponents they played against, you know, where where they struggled, where they succeeded, you know. 
uh, look for weaknesses, strengths. I mean, it's all right there in the film, and I'll never understand. I, I just don't get why the Combine's a thing. Like, if I was a GM or owner, I'd have little to no interest in it, other than maybe some personal interviews with players as far as, you know, personalities and maybe character traits trying to figure out. You know, and I do understand the importance of practice and drills and yada yada, but like, you know, they've done all these things. They've performed in a game game setting, which is how you're going to perform. But I guess if you take away the combine and all that, we wouldn't have Mel Kuyper Jr. You know, he wouldn't have anything to do. You know, but he's also the same guy who said Jamarcus Russell was a can't-miss prospect, even though 90% of the people who had seen him play were like, yeah, no, this guy's terrible. And I'm going to say that right now about Will Levis, about Anthony Richardson, and I don't think C.J. Stroud will be a good quarterback. And these are guys they are saying people are going to trade the farm to try to trade up and get. And, and it's not a good draft this year. There's some good defensive players, some good offensive tackles, uh, defensive backs. But offensive player-wise, it is not a good draft. You know, and on top of it, uh, you know, the, like I said, the that's just how the media works. They make you think all this is important when it's really not. And, you know, it, I think it'd be it, the combine kind of, takes away from the games that were played and how well people played and the statistics in these games because how you might perform, you know, in front of a bunch of people grilling you and putting you under a microscope for three days. Uh, you know, add add to this on top of Combine Week, uh, top prospect defensive end Jalen Carter uh, from Georgia, he had an arrest warrant and actually was arrested for reckless driving in an accident that killed a teammate and a member of the Georgia recruiting staff. He wasn't actually driving the car. I believe Carter was said to be racing with the car that the team member and recruiting person were in. You know, and I feel like every year or every few years, it never fails that some kid who's on the verge of having everything blows it by being an absolute fool. It's like foolishness. And, and I understand kids will be kids and that there's with youth is stupidity, but there's layer different layers of stupidity you know and i i guess i look at it as like okay if i was close to this dream like the, i i'd literally live in a bubble i definitely wouldn't be driving around like a clown or some shit like that um i guess we'll see how this plays out a lot of draft boards had uh jalen carter is the best best player in the draft um you know possibly being taken number one by the chicago bears which they're the bears so they still may take him um, <clears throat> you'll see how I know he was booked and released all within like an hour, you know, and this is one of those things that's going to play out in the court systems or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's your, that's your NFL combine news. No real news on the Aaron Rodgers front either. Supposedly he hasn't had any conversations with the Packers top brass since he exited his wellness retreat, but he did say that his intent was not to cause drama or keep anyone hanging and that he would make a decision very soon because that's what's in everyone's best interest. <clears throat> the, you know, the last week or so, the Packers have been restructuring a lot of contracts left and right, which instead of cutting people, and what that means for those of you maybe that aren't familiar, like they rework when money is paid out and it makes essentially makes your payroll less this year to give you more flexibility in bringing in new players, keeping players that are free agents. So it's kind of like you're just... You're moving, you're moving money around. You know, it's almost like laundering. I guess I don't know. So you know, it'll be good to see them keep maybe a few looming free agents. Uh, I especially would like to see them keep uh, defensive back and kick return specialist Kashawn Nixon. 
Uh, he would be my highest priority since that's been a weakness for the team for years. I think we're going to lose wide receiver Alan Lazard because he wants a hell of a lot of money and he's honestly not worth it. He's not a legit number one wide receiver. So somebody will probably overpay for him. Uh, Yash Nyman has been a solid offensive line player. And, you know, I love Mercedes Lewis, the tight end, but he, I think he's 38, 39 years old. You know, so it's he's a great blocker. He's a solid person, uh, probably great for the locker room. Will probably be a coach wherever he chooses to coach when he's done, if that's something he personally desires, you know. And then we have Randall Cobb. But, you know, he's, it seems to make Rodgers happy keeping him around. Uh, he spends half the season injured, so I don't know if you get him for a cheap rate, which I think you could because I don't really think there's going to be a demand for an, you know, downside, oft-injured receiver who's not going to play at a top level anymore. And, I mean... With the youth we have in our receiving core, I mean, I don't even know how often, how many snaps you're going to see Cobb take. I think he's just there to make Rodgers happy. I personally think we can get a better tight end than Robert Tunyon as well. I think he regressed since his knee injury. Uh, He showed a lot of upside, you know, but you took Devontae Adams out of the offense and his stats went down and he just felt like he was, you know, hurt, not a great blocker, but... um, a lot of it will all depend on Rodgers. If Rodgers stays and restructures, there's a lot more we can do. If he's gone, there's probably more we could do. And, you know, obviously we probably need to do because when he's gone, we'll be really bad, really bad without him. But, um, yeah, you know, that's the Packers football front. Um, in sad news, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks welcomed, you know, or former governor, I think he was running for governor, Congress, Mark Lazary, I think it was his name, sold his stake of the Milwaukee Bucks to the Haslam brothers who have owned the Cleveland Browns for years. And, well, we know how that's worked out. You know, unfortunately, the Haslams are also University of Tennessee alumni, uh, and they're terrible owners, probably some of the worst owners in sports. And, it's unfortunate that the great thing the Milwaukee Bucks have going will probably now be soiled with their involvement in anything to do with the organization. I guess we'll see how that one plays out. But, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> speaking of Tennessee, on Thursday, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed into law what is kind of being called the uh, felony drag bill and the bill banning gender-affirming care for minors into law. And I think... First off, calling this gender-affirming care is kind of nonsense that people use. You know, it's just kind of like when you call abortion women's reproductive rights or body autonomy or, you know, health care because people don't want to talk in actual terms. You know, the way I see it, allowing a minor child to consent to mutilating their body through some sense of identity crisis, it's insane. You know, when you're an adult, you're 18, do whatever you want, you know. I'm all for it. I will. But, you know, there's a reason we don't let kids vote or drive or buy alcohol. Their minds are not fully developed. So allowing them to make life-altering decisions at a young age, even with parental consent, is crazy. And I think ultimately it's a recipe for disaster. You know, yet there's people who think this is going to result in, you know, mass suicides by people in the trans community community and hurt them long-term. Um... You know, but I think this is a common sense, logical bill. If it's 
applied correctly. Obviously, there are things to look at as far as uh, those that have been in been receiving gender-affirming care previously to this being signed into law. There has to be some kind of plan for those people that you can't just drop them out of whatever cold turkey, you know, whether they're on hormones or counseling or whatever, because I think that is that could be bad for anyone, you know, and I don't think anyone in the healthcare field or politics maybe wants to do that and doesn't understand the harm that could cause. So I'll be interested to see how that plays out. Um, <clears throat> the felony drag bill pretty much is what it would do. It would ban drag show performances on public property or in any place where the performance may be seen by a minor. Once again, this seems like a common sense practice and it doesn't seem like something that's so complicated, right? You know, and I think the thing not being talked about is it's sad that it has come to this, you know, and I, and I think people are going to try to use this bill to just say, you know, people are being persecuted, people are being attacked, you know, but in all seriousness, why do kids need to see this shit? Why do they, you know, the same people that think it's okay for drag queens to go to libraries and read to kids would be freaking out if Donald Trump went to the library and read to kids or if local members of the clergy went and did the same. They, You know, but so there's got to be a line somewhere and you've got to figure it out and you got to understand what's appropriate. You know, I, I was having this conversation with my wife and I think decency still matters. You know, and I think... <clears throat> You know, and, and, I, and I don't look at it as, oh, you're taking away some kind of cultural experience or, you know, whatnot or some whack-ass ideology or whatever. It, it Ultimately, it just isn't appropriate. And like I said, once again, when you're 18, do whatever you want. I'll support that all day long. I'll fight there right beside you, you know. And like I said, the media is going to sell this as an attack on the alphabet mafia. But, you know, what I think led to this in reality, is a small sect of that community. They kind of taunted those who didn't want to see these things and threw it in people's faces. And I think they failed to realize that the powers that be in Tennessee aren't like California, New York, Seattle, or Portland. They weren't having it. You poked a bear and the bear poked back. You know, and, and this, this isn't telling people how to live their lives or attacking lifestyles. It's saying that these events can be done in private. They just have to be out of the view of children and specifically not on public property, which is perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, they can't do strip clubs in the park either, um, and it's that's seen as common sense. So I guess I fail to understand why this wouldn't be as well. You know, and like I said, decency needs to be a thing to me. And to me, personally, it's not a religious thing. I'm not a very religious person at all. I think... Uh, you know, I've shown that over the years, you know, and this is going to be sold through the media as bigotry and persecution and the media will do their thing as they always do. You know, just like look at the constant assaults being hurled at all the things DeSantis is doing in Florida, you know, but meanwhile, there's still hush hush on the events in East Palestine, Ohio, which I'm telling you now is going to have long term effects on all of our lives, whether we want to believe it or not, this was a huge thing that's being swept under the rug, not being talked about or anything. And I, and I think it's, it's, it's disastrous and it's really going to be hard to gauge 
what how this affects you know everyone in the surrounding areas for years to come uh, speaking of disasters um Yesterday, March 3rd, marked the uh, third anniversary of the worst disaster to hit my hometown, at least in my lifetime. Uh, if you all remember, on March 3rd, 2020, an F4 tornado touched down in the baxter Cookville area in Tennessee, as well as other parts of Tennessee, um, bringing 175-mile-an-hour winds and taking the lives of 19 people. You know, this one hit closer to home as... Um, you know, it, it can't hit any closer, I guess, for me. Uh, luckily, my family was spared. Uh, no injuries, no losses, no, you know, nothing really other than the inconvenience and fear that comes with such a, such an event. Uh, but, you know, so many others lost a lot. Uh, there were 87 other injuries aside from the tragic death of the 19 people. This disaster would ultimately do $100 million in damages to a small community that years later is still rebuilding. You know, and for some people, there's there's no replacing what was lost. You know, some things, money, you can't put a price on, insurance can't replace, time can't fix, you can't get a new one. It's just, it is what it is, you know. And I think the sad part is this tragedy soon got lost in the mess that was the whole COVID scam. And while we all know how that is still playing out today, I, I believe it's still playing out today. I, I don't know. I can't say I've heard anyone talk about COVID in a while, but I'm sure there's still people wearing masks, driving around in their Priuses and whatever. But uh, I just wanted to take a moment and let the folks back home know we haven't forgotten that we'll always remember those who lost their lives that day you know, but I can personally say that that is a community full of strong people who have worked hard every day since to rebuild. Uh, we'll always look out for each other and we'll continue to do so no matter what happens. So uh, here's to you, Putnam County. Uh, you'll always be home to this guy no matter uh, wherever I may wander in life. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's, it's unfortunate these things happen. Uh, anywhere, let alone so close to home. But, uh, you know, Kugel strong, right? Uh, staying in my favorite state, Friday also marked the release of our boy Morgan Wallen's new album, One Thing at a Time, the follow-up to his hugely successful Dangerous, released in 2021. Uh, cool thing about One Thing at a Time is another it's another double album, 36 new great songs some we've heard over the past year like you proved tennessee fan don't think jesus i wrote the book uh, the current number one song i believe on like five different charts thought you should know and my personal favorite at the moment and this week's episode episode title last night i was listening to this all day at work yesterday i'm not gonna lie i i was i was a total mark and fanboy for the release of this um you know, I, I remember even as a kid when your favorite artists would release albums, you know, or, you know, you'd run out and you'd get the tape or the CD. Some people used to do, like, I think today's generation will never know, like, those midnight releases at, like, your Tower Records or Best Buys or, you know, Sound Shop in the mall or, uh, was it Sam Goody they used to have there in Cookville? I don't even know. Whatever it was in the Walmart parking lot, that record store that was there. But, um... Yeah, so like I've been listening to this, really enjoying it. Uh, there's another masterpiece song on there you definitely have to check out uh, with the man Eric Church called "Man Made a Bar." 
Morgan Wallen has celebrated the release of his uh, new album, double album, uh, throwing some free concerts, one at Nashville's Bridgestone Arena, where the first 20,000 20, people got to have a hell of a treat. I saw some of the videos on TikTok and Instagram. looked like a great show. Uh, he did a free concert at, his high sc- at Gibbs High School, I believe, in Knoxville, where he attended for the students and faculty there. Well, you know, a little something to give back. I, I'm really excited I get to see him in April uh, with Hardy, uh, Bailey Zimmerman, and Ernest. And I, I can't wait. I think it's really cool to just see the continued success of, you know, who is probably country's current king, although I think the people are really reluctant to give him that label. You know, and it's crazy to think how well he came out on top after walking right through cancel culture and attempt to bury him after some drunk words with his buddy in his own driveway. <clears throat> it's a testament to how great of an artist I think Morgan Wallen is and, you know, how much as fans we love and appreciate his music, you know. Which the cool thing about his music, you know, it's kind of leaning back to like that old country, that outlaw sound that that's been missing for a long time i think uh you know it's definitely been missing on the mainstream but i think you know in the last few months we've talked about some great stuff that's out there you know especially your zach bryan your jelly roll ryan bingham colby acuff drayton farley paul coffin whiskey myers cole cheney larry fleet there's just so many great artists not getting the spotlight they deserve obviously Zach Bryan is huge. You know, Zach Bryan's tours, you know, he's declared war on Ticketmaster. Uh, you know, you should probably talk to Pearl Jam. <laughs> See, he's probably not going to win that battle. No one ever does. But, um, yeah, that that's all I got this week. A lot of talking uh, <laughs> tonight. I think I this is about almost two and a half hours worth of podcasting I've done tonight. Like I said in the beginning, don't forget to check out the NWO Bur- Bourbon Sessions Volume 1. You know, and really what our goal was is to present an alternative to all the pretentious bourbon podcasts and such out there and just kind of deliver something light, lighthearted, fun, and the typical genius that is this, the Neil World Order way. Uh, who am I kidding? It'll probably be a drunken mess, but it, it honestly wasn't. I was actually, I thought it was cool. And at one point I forgot we were even recording and we were just four guys having a conversation. So, um, you know, there could be a beauty in that. So check it out. Um, As always, thank you for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great and blessed weekend. And it stays warm wherever you are and there isn't any snow. And, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in as always. And we'll see you next week.